Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, the garage. This is the Brothers Catch Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm your host. Oh no, I'm never a host. I'm just Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother Frank Biazzi. This podcast has gone to your head. I know. You're the host. A now? host. I'm. I'm done. <laughs> oh shit. Um, how do we start last week's episode? Do you remember? Uh, you were like, I want this to be happy, and then you left it up to me, and what we- I brought up the war. <laughs> and then what did I say about the war? I don't know. I don't remember. I said, I didn't want to talk about the war. Correct. But how quickly a week changes things, because guess what I want to talk about this week? The Easter Bunny. No, the war! I want to talk about the war, I about the war. See, but I don't want to talk about the war. I just want to bring up two things. Alright, because I'll be honest. I... in. In my world, nothing is changed. Nothing is the exact. Still might as well just be last week. <laughs> a lot can change in a week. All right, what happened? A few things happened this week that I think make things a lot interesting. Sum up the war. I'm not going to sum up the war. I have no idea what's going on. And I haven't really been following all that closely either, to be honest. Because it's not real. Not, no, I wouldn't say that. But I would say that I just don't know a lot. But what I do know is that a couple of interesting things took place, and I. When we first started talking about this war, the first podcast where we mentioned the Ukrainian-Russian conflict that led to this kind of now invasion was in January. Yep. And that's what I was saying, that the State Department was trying to egg on this provocation. Now, then the war happened and we said, okay, this war happened, but we don't know a lot and it's going to be hard to understand like what's actually happening but in the short term and the medium term, I think that Russia has the upper hand. Like they have no reason to, you know, worry about anything the West is doing. But I did say that they don't really have the long term. And I think that now we're kind of seeing why I said that. Because we're starting to enter in the phase where it's now kind of getting to, like, long term. We're, like, six to eight weeks into You're this You're letting war. this go on too long. Not letting it, but, like, it is going on too long. You can't really control... Once these things begin, it's hard to see how they end. And you can't really just wrap them up. We saw how 20 years in Afghanistan got wrapped up, you know? Yeah. So, Russia lost the Mosca, which is a... I forget what they call it. It's essentially like a one of our... If we lost a battleship, it's a artillery ship. It can launch a bunch of missiles from from at range at sea, um, and it's not like Russia. I should have done the research before the podcast. It's like exactly how many the Russian Navy has, but the Russian Navy is not like. First of all, navies in general aren't like how we think of them in in video games or in movies, where you just see like fleets of naval ships get taken out, and then that's just like oh, when. Countries lose ships, especially big ships. It's a big deal because you can't just put another one out the next day. Like you have to, it takes time to build a ship, commission a ship, launch a ship, and then ships add it to don't your go on trees. Exactly, essentially what you're saying. So like Russia with a navy that's essentially a quarter of the size of the United States, who has one aircraft carrier in their entire navy. How many, how many destroyer class battleships do they have? Very few, I'd guess, like six if I had to guess, maybe five. How many could they have? Fourteen at the most? I don't know. That's not a lot. So when one goes down, you know that that's one of the things that 
Putin is actually going to you could out you could or you could tell what the reaction would be to that like there's not many things that we'll find out from the war from our media that you can immediately just say well that's a big deal from any perspective so i thought that was interesting it's the first piece of news in the whole conflict where there's no ambiguity it's like well that's net definitely a bad thing for russia the reason i bring that up is because all the other things that have taken place that I think if you do enough digging and research to analyze, you'll find all the other things that have really taken place in this war have been positive for Russia. So it's interesting that the Moscow goes down and Western media spent 24 hours saying the Moscow went down and Russia came out and they were like, we lost our battleship. They said that it went down because it caught fire and they had to evacuate and then eventually it sank. Ukraine claims they hit it from their ship. I think the ship is called the Zeus that they claim it hit. It was hit by. Badass. But, like, naval battles are sick, dude. Russia lost a ship. Wow. All right. Big dude, deal. When we got that, that first day of the war, when we got that Ghost of Kiev like, story. Oh, my God. Dude, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> I was so bought in. I was like, let's go war. War's cool. And then they're like, well, actually, we made this up to get people to think war's cool. And I was like, war's not cool. This isn't cool. Nice try, media. Let's try Arms companies. Very <laughs> naval battle. You got me back. War's awesome. So, on the one hand, you know that this is a negative to Russia, but all the positives that Russia are accomplishing, which is a lot, and and by covering the, the war the way that they're covering it, obviously extends the conflict because it creates the perception that Ukraine is winning and has a shot of winning, and it's not. Ukraine is getting decimated. Yeah. Parts of this country are being leveled and destroyed. Which and, is very sad. Yeah, and there's no end in sight. And the longer Ukraine holds out in giving Russia... And not to say, like, okay, a country should just capitulate to the bully country that's, like, oh, give Russia its demands. But also, like, Ukraine's role in this and the relationship it has with Russia is very complicated and complex. And if Ukraine had abided by agreements they had with Russia for the last 15 to 20 years instead of cozying up to the West... Maybe we'd be in a different position, but again, that's mostly our fault. Well, that's too. what I'm saying. The whole thing is, but that's what geopolitics is. You can't. But go it's so stupid like, because, like, they don't suffer for it. Who? All the, all the, the oligarchs and all no. the people who had their hand in getting to this moment. None of them suffer. The people who suffer are the people on the ground, which is why I'm extremely anti-war, and I think war is. Like, it, it's so... I mean, it's easy to say. It's so Very dumb. easy to be like, war, anti-war, war is dumb. But, like, people who are like, well, you know, like, this needs to happen. It's like, no, it doesn't. Well, I was thinking this exact thing in the car is a great... That's a great transition into what I wanted to bring this conversation to. Which is, like, how do you think the earliest wars, like... Imagine trying to communicate to someone, like, before war is a thing. It's just territories. You have, like, your plots land. Like, society... We always talk they about how bad exist, governments are. They only exist with stupid people. A guy comes, he's like... He's the king of a, an area. And he's like, that castle and their people are... We're at war with them now. And the people are like, war? Yeah, why? What's that? What's war? And they're like, well, they're going to send a bunch of their men over because they want our land. And they're going to try and take it. And we're going to defend it. And other people are like, okay, yeah, how are we going to defend it? It's like, well, their people are going to try and kill us. What? It almost it literally is like a Monty Python. Why would thing. why would we do that? No, but it, if you <laughs> think about kill it, us. like the evolution of war, I don't know how it came to be. Like you probably think back in like the tribal days, different tribes went to war. Yeah, and that made sense because they're tribes. They're together. There's no king 
Okay, this gang. tribe. Like, hey, we're in this together. Gang wars make more sense to me than like international. Yeah, wars. those don't make any sense. Gang wars. You step to my fucking territory. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Makes sense. But when you, you know you're not supposed to come here. Yeah, but when you when it gets to the point of like, well, no, I'm the president of this country and. I want your oil, and you're not giving it to me for the price I want, so I'm going to start a proxy war with this nation. But think about, like, the whole like, notion of soldiers. It's, it's like, crazy. why are you We're fighting? We're just training these people to well, fight to defend my country. For me. You're defending your country. What's your country? Well, America. Okay. I, why is you know America what? trying to get you to harm other people? I've given this no thought, so this might be stupid. Oh, probably will be. We should outlaw the word defense. Yeah. Because it it's a things, lie. It's, just one of those, it's a lie. There's one no such friendly thing. sounding there's, there's words no for violence. Defense. Like home defense is real. Like I believe that self defense is real. Defense of your nation, no, especially that's if like real. Eh, think you're like the it. biggest military in the world. No, no, At what no, point no, is no, it no longer defense? You can't think of it from that perspective. It's very much offense. Sure, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about war in general. So like. Think about it between the context of Russia and Ukraine, right? Like it's defense for the Ukrainian people who are trying to keep the Russian soldiers out of the country. Sure, for those people, it's defense. But at the for same the nation time, of Ukraine, at the same time, like, what's the motivation for a Russian soldier, really? If you really broke Dude, it down, to go into the didn't neighboring I talk about, country, then I talk about this and shoot at people. Then I talk about this, like, there's that episode of Band of Brothers where, like, they talk about that in the beginning, where they talk about like. Like, it's the real the real people from Man Brothers, and they're doing, like, the interview before the episode starts. And they're talking about it, and he's like, yeah, of course we thought about that. Like, sure, we thought that these people, we had to. We had to believe that these people are evil. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you can only convince yourself of that for so long, and, and your brain starts to wonder, like, did that guy just kill, what was his life like? Would we have been friends, me and him? Would he, like, go fishing? I like to go fishing. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that's war. You're just fighting people just like you who believe that their cause is just, you believe your cause is just, and you kill each other while the people at the top laugh and make money. That's really all it is. It's crazy. It's sad. It's awful. It's disgusting, really. Yeah. So glad you brought up war. <laughs> what else you got? So that was, that was it. All right, so now the second thing I got, I recorded this. I didn't record it. It's a TikTok video that I saved down to my phone. Because I know how to do that now. And I'm going to play it. Because I think... So we've gotten away from politics for a while. So it's good to like get it all out of the way now. And then we'll go back to like being not about it. But what this video... What do you mean video, we've been away from politics for a while? What are you you know. About? We've been happy. We talked about politics last episode. Did we? Yes. I don't know, man. So I have this video... If I can figure out how my phone works. I'm going to play it. The first part of the video is like, it's like a Stitch video. I wanted to respond to this video in video form, but then I couldn't figure out how to do it because I don't know how to take like that well. So then I just figured I'd play it on here and we'd respond to it here. Because I think that this person whose TikTok it actually is, he says a lot of things that's illuminating and it's essentially all the things we've talked about on this podcast about what the other side thinks and believes and says that allows them to dominate it's this person saying it, but it's really easy if when they put it out there to like break it down and understand like why they're so wrong and why they're so deluded by their own like sense of moral, I don't know, grandeur. 
So we're gonna listen to it. Here's the whole thing. We're gonna play it once, and then maybe we'll go through it in like, in like segments, I guess, or something. I don't know how it works. If I okay, if I do this, and then okay, this is the end of the video. How does it start over? How do I make it play from the beginning? Funny how being a centrist has somehow become like a badge of dishonor in this. Being a centrist is stupid, and I'm gonna tell you why. If you can't tell which is better between one group of people who wants workers' rights, better health care, um, equality, human rights, um, they want their friends to feel accepted and loved. The other group of people doesn't want to teach the correct history of the United States. They don't want to accept people that were born a certain way and they can't change that. They're, you know, this group of people... They they hate change. They hate progress. Um, some of them want lower taxes, and I get that. I, I think I hate taxes. I think most people fucking hate paying taxes, you know. But if you can't tell me which one is better, you're fucking stupid. One wants to move forward. One wants to move backwards. That's it. That's a, that's a great educated breakdown. He's right. That's all it is. The the people you disagree with want to move backwards. You nailed it, buddy. Great, great political analysis by you. All right. So I've heard similar. How things. is that always the argument? I've heard similar arguments, and I think this is just like it's a good like encapsulation of it because it's so bad. It, it's, it but it hits all. That's it the hits argument. all the news. That's everyone says that shit. Yeah, and it's so diluted and wrong. And it's just the things that stupid people say because they think it's what's right. And they believe it. I'm not saying well, they don't believe if it. If it was true. But it's wrong. It's well, that's incorrect. What I'm saying. If it was true, they're right. Sure. Like, sure. The problem with the argument on its face. It's just, wrong and too. I'll let you go. But. The problem with the argument on its face is because it's essentially the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's like embodying that. You're saying that. Well, one side wants all these good things, and the other side wants all these bad things. So, therefore, the people that want the good things have to be better. But the people who want all those good things, you're just naming vague platitudes and saying that that's what people want. But it's not what their votes produce, and it's not what the politicians they vote for even promise. So... While you're saying, like, we want our friends to feel accepted. Like, that's not a pol political position. And people on both sides of the aisle want their friends and loved ones to feel accepted. Maybe you're a shitty friend if your friend doesn't feel accepted. They say, oh, we want equality. As if, like, no Republicans out there want equality. They'll say, some people want health care. And it's like, we've gotten to this argument on this podcast. Like, yeah, you can say you want health care. But what does that really mean when you say you want health care? You want a universalized, socialized health care. I'm telling you that the people you would put in power to produce that are corrupt and exploiting you and stealing your money. So you could want to let them do that. But I'm trying to prevent you from continuing to allow us to be enslaved by people who are stealing from us. So how are we having the same argument? We're not. You're making generalizations that are based in your la-la land fucking yes. idiocy. And I'm trying to explain to you the way the world works. So we're not even having the, the we're not even in the same stratosphere of well, what we're it's, doing. It's really you I mean you could it, you can really just make it even simpler. Like it's just cuz we can make the same wait. 
We can make the same argument and reverse it. I could say there are two groups of people. One group of people wants to close the borders to allow low-paying jobs to be held by Americans so that wages increase in our country. And one group of people wants to lower taxes for everybody so that you get to keep more of the money that you have. And one group of people wants to be more responsible with the way that our country spends our money and defends ourselves from nations like Russia and China instead of cozying up to them. And the other group of people wants to kill babies. And the other group of people wants to make sure your kids dress in dresses like little queers, like all these little fucking things, it's the same argument. Now, that's also wrong, but it's the same thing. Well, that's what I was going to say, though. It's like, it's wrong because obviously it's just wrong, but it's also wrong because, like, and this is where I think people really struggle, and I've gotten into these arguments. <laughs> They believe on the simplest level that democratic politicians are just good. Are good. <laughs> it's fucking good. insane. Like it's insane. I'll, uh, like I said, I'll. We can go super simple here. Let's say that is right. They're let's say goodness. that they're the, not that they're good. I'm saying let's say it's right that the Republicans are evil. Yes. The Democrats aren't good. <laughs> if the Democrats were good, wouldn't why would okay. If that's all it was, if it really was just like, we I don't understand why we've had this argument. We have the good people and the bad people. Why do people keep voting for the bad people? Um, would, people wouldn't. If it was that simple, yeah, people wouldn't vote for the bad people. But you keep voting for the bad people, so we have to keep voting for bad people too. Because yeah. all we all our choice is bad people. My point ah. is, they are they believe in their hearts. That every Democratic politician's just God, and that things would just be okay if the Republicans would go away, and their backward views didn't exist, even though they don't actually know their views, which is a huge part of this. And they just pretend like they. But again, I've been saying this forever. It must be so nice to live in the in their world. I don't understand this notion that progress is always inherently good. It's not fucking <laughs> fuck progress, dude. <laughs> Like, have you ever seen that? Like, have you, we're just gonna keep go going to, fucking, to Utopia. Where does that come? Where does that come from? Go to Disney one time for me. Hop on the Carousel the of progress. progress. Tell me things don't get worse <laughs> as time goes on. They get it gets worse. The fucking oven's exploding because it can't control its own temperature. We got a kid who's not paying any attention to the family because he's playing a fucking video game. Meanwhile, in the beginning, it's fucking awesome. Just nothing's going on. Just calm, cool, <laughs> sitting on the porch, watching your rainfall. Carousel of Progress is not like a, ooh, look how good we are. It's a like, horror story. It's like, don't do this. Life. So you, you're backwards. All I'm saying is to be like, oh, one side hates progress, the other side likes progress. So how? So obviously being a centrist is retarded. It's like, but, how retarded are you? Like, well, how stupid are you? If you're on if you're on The, the answer is very... That's why you can't argue with these people, though, because they're very stupid. Because they Be, don't think. Listen, be extremist in your individual political positions. So, like, when you hold a position, you can be extremist in that position. For my example, I would say, like, I'm in now a two-way extremist. Every fucking American should have a gun, and it should be by law. You have to have it, and you should know how to work it. Now, that's an extreme position, but I'm willing to hold it. But I also have positions that aren't so extreme that you would definitely call centrist or even very left-wing. My position on healthcare would be, 
if we weren't in a corrupt fucking oligarchy, that yeah, we should have a universe. I think healthcare should be a right. That if the government could provide healthcare to all its citizens to keep people alive, it should do that. Very but I don't that. think. Well, you know how I feel about government, so I no longer believe. Essentially, I don't things. believe the government is capable of doing anything. That's yeah. my po- like my whole political philosophy now is just. Well, we're at the point I, where government is now just a criminal organization. The government can't do anything right. The government so, shouldn't. Government is an immoral. Don't tell me yeah. the Republicans are bad, because it's not about the Republicans are bad. It's not about Democrats are bad either. Government it's, is bad. government is bad. <laughs> government doesn't it's bad. work. It's bad. It's corrupt. It's and illegal. It kills all of us. It's hurting us. And you just keep propping it up. But whatever. But again, like my point though is it's it's so easy. Like if you're that person, like the guy who made that, you know how easy it is to just record that line of thinking, get absolutely no flack for it, get pat on the back, get likes, views, and you've done no thinking at all. Your brain barely had to work past the level one, and you just go, God, I'm good. Yeah, and then you get to go out and live your life as Joe Biden, and like he's the greatest president. Just like the centrist, um, but and you get to believe you're better than other people. It's it's the greatest trick ever ever perpetrated on on the American people is this idea that if you are a Democrat, you are a morally superior person, and I can talk about that because I was fucking part of it. I was a brainwashed part. I thought I was better because I was a Democrat. You know how stupid that is. I will say I am now better that because I'm not a Democrat. 100%. <laughs> I'm not but, better but I'm not than better. Democrats. I'm not better than Democrats. I'm just better because I'm not I'm just a better because I'm I know the fucking bullshit. And you guys don't. It's like, so stupid. Like this I feel better. But I'm not a fucking Republican either. Nah. And I cringe when I see like a lot of like these super right people. But you know what? This is like the fu- it's it's annoying cuz like I've been I feel like like a lost cow or sheep being, like, herded back in by a dog. I'm like, I don't want to go into this pen with these people, but, like, I'm not going with those, so <laughs> I guess I'm going with with these people. A lot of, most of the conservatives are way better. Sometimes. They're so cringy. Some of them are They're so cringy, cringy, dude. The airplane video there is hilarious. Like, they, they hate liberals so much, and I respect it. I respect the liberal hate. But sometimes we go, like, some of these people go too overboard. I saw a thread on Twitter, like, a couple weeks ago, and I didn't want to bring it up. It was about, like, how, like, water is a sign of, like, pussification. <laughs> like, the, like liberals drink water. And, like, when did the men back in the day didn't drink water? In fact, you should go on, like, a water uh, fast for a couple days. Dude, go fuck yourself. I try to drink two gallons of water a day if I could. All right? Water's good for you. Don't, I don't, I'm not going to buy into, like, Everything is this liberal. So I, I hate, I just hate all of it, dude. I hate all of it. It's all a joke. Like the Yankees. It's terrible. So thanks. Thanks for bringing up war and that asshole. I wish that man loved. Where did he, can I guess what he looked like? Sure. Well, do your remote viewing on it, because he's got a very distinct... Is he wearing a hat? Yes, it's yeah, very distinct. I picture him having a hat. I picture it had a brim, or is it a beanie? It does have a brim? Okay, I picture a like a bright pink, truckery looking hat that's like barely on his head, almost like Timmy Turner. I picture Timmy Turner. <laughs> uh, he's probably got he's probably got like a bad beard, 
Like, he can grow a beard, but, like, it's bad. It's not a good beard. Uh, and I'm assuming he's holding his camera, like, really close to his face. Because they don't understand how to, like, take video here. So he's, like, I'll probably, like, the, right just, up in, like, this. I don't want anyone... I'm not going to name the name of the person who did it, but... His name I'll is Chris. I mean, you nailed it pretty much. You didn't get the chains. Look at the... I, look at how he's talking to the camera. This is exactly what I said. They're Because they're all the same. They're all the same fucking idiots. And it's an orange hat. It's an orange hat. Home Depot. Which is ironic, because I guarantee you he doesn't know how to do anything. Well, Not says, that I know how to do it anything. It says... Metal only. But, I mean, I nailed that. Yeah. They all look the same. None of you are unique. So that's all I got. I, was just, I just wanted to talk about those things. I thought those things were interesting. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, not really. What do you got? Um, I feel like some stuff happened during the week that I wanted to bring up, but I, to be honest, I kind of forgot about it. So, Goldbacks oh. are up to three ninety seven today. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What'd you buy them for? Three seventy three when I got Look into that. them. Well, actually, when I first bought them, they were even lower, but I think my average is probably about three seventy three. Look at that. Well, gold prices are supposed to be more stable. They're going up. Got to get. I got to buy way more gold before I can't afford any gold anymore. Um. Also, the ghost gun shit. Uh, don't care, don't about, care about that. No. What about? What about the Joe Biden Easter Bunny video? Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I, t- I tweeted it. Did you see the second one from the crowd? Like, someone in the crowd no. had it. There's another angle. It's is, it, is it lost on us? Like, I I feel bad for the liberals, like, how much it was lost, like, on them, how funny Trump was. Trump was great. Like, like Trump, I do, I say it all the time. Like, I do understand the people who didn't like him. Fine. Yeah. Like, they hated him so much that they didn't get to appreciate, like... How fun a president he was. Just, was. It was fun. It was a fun dude to have a president. Are we going to miss out on Biden? Because, like... I enjoyed that video. Biden's fucking hilarious. That was great. Now, he's very different funny than Trump. Yeah. Trump is funny... You can say he's not in on the joke, but I think... I personally believe Trump isn't on the joke, and he is this kind of character. And he says things that, like, are ridiculous, that are funny. Biden... Is not in on the joke. He is a lost puck. Lost, he is lost, dude. He's lost. But it's funny. Like I like having him as president. Not in terms of what he's doing. <laughs> I hate him. But just like getting you funny. See the handshake dude, video there are from funny the other clips. Day? There are funny Biden clips every day. It's did a see, treat. Did you see the handshake video the other day? No, I didn't. He was on stage. He was giving a speech. He finished the speech. He turns to the side to hand, to shake hands with someone, and no one was standing there. Amazing! So he like, it's amazing. Hand out, and then it's out there for a good amount of time, and then he realizes no one's coming to shake it. And he puts his hand down, and then he literally turns around and stands confused for like thirty seconds, Just looking around, then. no idea where to go. Eventually, someone calls him off stage, and he shuffles his way off stage. Dude, he needs handlers. It's crazy. So, like, 
I agree with you. I said the same thing earlier when I watched that video. I think that video is amazing. It's funny. It's It's a funny video. It's one of the things, like, when you think about all the things that in presidential history, like, if you're someone who really appreciates U.S. history, presidential history, you you could rattle off the names of the illustrious, powerful figures who've held the position of the presidency, from Truman to Taft to Grant. Eisenhower. And then, like, you think about what happened. Biden. You can think about what, like, Roosevelt and polio, and they would they were able to hide his polio and put the blanket over him, and, oh, but what a you hero we got through it. You can't hide Demented Dementia, Joe dude. Biden. You can't hide As it. his fucking, his propaganda director in a bunny rabbit suit. And all I could think is, like, did she know when she took the job of, like, I will communicate all of the propaganda out of the White House for the demented puppet president who has no ability <laughs> to control this country. We should start calling the demented puppet president. Yeah, who has no real ability to control this country, and I will just do the bidding of the shadowy figures who actually run this country and communicate the messaging that they tell me to communicate. Did she know that that would include being in a bunny suit, wearing no a bunny shot. suit, and keeping Joe Biden from just wandering? No shot. Wandering I guarantee you, like they put the bunny suit in her office, and she's like. Come on. on. She's like, really? Like, yeah. I was in... Megan Hayes, director of media... She was the one in the suit. Yeah, what's her name? Director of media... I was in the mall. Something. A couple weeks back, getting a birthday present for your daughter, actually. And as I was leaving the mall, the Easter Bunny, it might have been like, you know, when the kid's going to go take pictures. When you're in the bunny suit, you can't really see all that well. So I guess it was bathroom break for the bunny. So these, but you can't let the bunny take his head off, because then the kids will see him. Yeah. So they escort him to like the back. Yeah, and he needed like people to like guide him. So I was had that visual from like a couple weeks ago, but now it's like the bunny is <laughs> doing the escorting. The it, like the bunny is doing the escorting <laughs> of the president. Video. <laughs> it's such a good video. Hold on, wait. We're gonna. I'm gonna do a play by play of it. It's crazy. I want to get this woman's name because I want to make sure that it, like her name is Megan Hayes, and she is the White House director of message planning, which is just like the best title for some vague fucking communications director in the White House. So she now. So in this video, you have Joe Biden. So it starts. It's a thirty. It's a sixteen second video. Joe Biden is in the crowd. He's talking to someone. And then the Easter Bunny comes up to Joe Biden. Now, the East, the funny thing about this video when you watch it, based on what you just said about like needing the escort, you could tell that whoever's in the Easter Bunny suit really doesn't have a good view no. of where she's going. She's like trying to... Because they're in a fucking like, suit. She's like kind of like reaching out searching the for Joe Biden. So, you have Joe Biden talking to the crowd. Easter Bunny hobbles over with the head up looking for Joe Biden. She finds him. She taps him on the shoulder. So now, if you're just seeing this video for the first time, you it's jarring because you don't expect the president of the United States to ever, like, at get any touched function. by a like, fucking mascot. The, yeah. <laughs> you would think the person in mascot Imagine shoot. if, like, he was, like, at a baseball game. Like, he was at a Braves game. Like, Joe Biden's at a Braves game, and, and he's Philly throwing out the first pitch, shows up and, and, like, Blooper and the Fanatic are, like, hitting him. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But no, in this instance, the Easter Bunny mascot comes up to Joe Biden and is like, grab My him. favorite thing is Joe Biden's reaction to the bunny. I don't think he knows who's in the bunny suit. <laughs> because he is like, 
ready to take a picture with the bunny. As if, like, the bunny's like, no, dude. So then, the bunny, after grabbing Joe Biden's arm and turning and getting him for literally inserting himself in front of Joe Biden and the crowd of people Joe Biden is talking to, starts waving its arms and telling Joe Biden to go. Like, walk. Keep walking. So whoever, so then all of a sudden, if you've watched this video for the first time, you and you're like, okay, the Easter Bunny's grabbing the President of the United States. That's weird. Then you're like, oh, the Easter Bunny is clearly someone who's handling the President of the United States, which is also weird. It would have been better weird. to just like have a handler for Joe Biden that's not in a bunny suit. <laughs> so then, so then it continues. So Joe Biden starts to walk away. And is then again caught talking to people. So the bunny then starts following Joe Biden around, clearly trying to make sure that Joe Biden will stay Which, on the Which, you know why they're doing that. Because they can't trust him to talk to anybody. Well, that's why I asked if you saw the other video. Because there's a video of him in the crowd and you can hear what Joe Biden's saying. I can't imagine what he's saying. And uh, he literally says, Pakistan, no, that's why the Afghanistani people need to be free. They need to be free. And as he's saying that, that's when the Easter Bunny hops in. So, like, whatever he was saying about Afghanistan, which sounded ridiculous, especially in the context of him absolutely bungling Afghanistan and leaving all of our people behind and all of our military equipment and thousands and millions of dollars of money. He's talking to people just off the cuff. Now, this is like just a random crowd of people at the White House lawn. So, like, who knows what he could say? We don't want it could be caught on video, so... The Easter Bunny had to hop in. All I want to say is... Had to hop in. If you're... Just cherish when we get these moments. It was hilarious. Just cherish them. Don't don't let it get lost on you how... how The positives of having a Joe Biden president. Sure, there's a ton of negatives. But the positives, they're fun. There's a great scene in one of the seasons of Fargo. I think it's Fargo season three. Maybe it's season two. I don't remember... But it's in the, it's set in the 80s or the 70s or whatever, and one of the characters is in the bathroom at a campaign event for Ronald Reagan as he's going through on a second tour. And uh, Reagan comes in the bathroom to, like, pee, and it's just him and the other, like, the cop character in the bathroom. And in his head, he thought that the interaction with Reagan was going to be great, and it, by the end of the interaction, it's clear that Reagan has dementia. And it's like, oh... I didn't realize how bad that was. Like, I heard rumors, but, like, he's, like, legitimately not there. That's what we're dealing with. Like, Dude, I would love to talk to him. Actually, I would love for Caleb Presley to interview him on, like, a Sunday. <laughs> It'd be so funny. You just run circles around It'd him. It'd be so funny. But Did you ever see the kid? You sent me the Caleb interview with T.O. Yeah, the thing is, uh, that might be, like, a masterpiece and that's like Caleb before he even had the act down. Yeah, no, that was like that's like him. That's <laughs> young. That's like young Caleb. Just like he's like knows what like he's just trying to be funny for himself. Like, yeah. I don't even think he's doing that for really like he's just being like a nervous kid. But it's so funny, like how how good he get like and Tio has no idea what's going on. It's obviously. like getting legitimately like perturbed, but and he just kept. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that video is awesome. Uh, do we have any listeners? Nope. All right. All right. Good night. We'll talk to you later.
Welcome to After the Squirt Sports. I'm your host, Frankie Biazzi. I don't remember if I say your name in After the Squirt Sports. It's Alice here. We're going to talk sports, I guess. I don't even want to talk sports. This was your idea. I'm done with sports. Did you hear Michael K's rant? No. Was it good? Uh, you know, I don't like Don LaGreca. I like when he gets angry. I think he's Don funny. Don LaGreca. I don't really like his takes. Ooh. Sorry about this. Hold on. Don LaGreca was the best aspect of that uh, whole segment. But, yeah, Michael K. Do a pretty good rant. He actually took aim at the fans. For being I, too negative, it's only ten games. I think that's bullshit. But it's not ten said, games. But he also said that the team is an embarrassment. And it's not ten games, though. That's what... That's where I get it. <laughs> Ten games would be like, last year you, you were really good, you exceeded expectations, and you're getting off to a rough start this year. And it's like, it's only ten games. This is a continuation of the 162 I watched last year. The problem... It's the, the exact same team. It's the exact same problems, the exact same game flow and feel. Does anything feel different? Sure. Donaldson's not... Donaldson's bad, correct. Wait, but it's more than... I think it's less the fact that it's only 10 games or that it's the 162 preceded, but it's like... It's now like the fourth year in a row where we're having the same conversation early in the year that we're like, well, you gotta give them time. They're not gonna be this bad the whole year. It's like, the question isn't, are they gonna be bad all year? No. Are they gonna be a 500 baseball team? Probably not. Are they gonna be a World Series team? We all know that they're probably not going to be a World Series team either. We know that this team is just its bailing out water. Yes. It is constantly every just bailing out water. So we'll go the whole year quick and we'll be gaslit the whole way about how bad the team is when in reality it's actually good and how we're all crybabies and we don't appreciate what we have. But the reality is we have the highest payroll in Yankee history and we have the most mediocre bullshit team filled with aging superstars, as always, who are overpaid, while teams like the Dodgers and you know the, the I don't know go through it the Pi- the Padres and and all Braves. throughout baseball there's just young good the teams Mets. that the go Mets, out and dude. spend money and the Mets and we could have done it we could have been spending money we could have a young roster with a high payroll that's good instead Four, of a high five, payroll that's not good five years ago we had the rookie of the year and MVP with a bunch of young talent around him. With prospects in the wings. I mean, the excitement level was through the roof. Gary's a Minnesota twin. You fired, is you fired a that, diminished person. that manager, and you've proceeded to get worse every single year. That's a problem. Not only did you, not only did you get worse every single year, but you absolutely failed to... Do what it took to make your team to go above and beyond and ensure that you were putting out the best possible version of but, the But see, Yankees. failing would imply that like they tried. I they didn't try. Like Brian Cashman now, when he does his interviews, like he makes it a point to be like, Well, you know, we actually never we never actually went after Bryce Harper. We were never interested in Manny Machado. We as if want, we didn't want Correa. As if it makes it's like gonna make him sound better. It makes you sound so much worse, and you're such a loser. 
and you're a, a bad general manager, the sport has passed you by, you are out of your element, you are washed up. I'm not as harsh on Brian Cashman, obviously. He's a I, fucking fraud and a failure. But it, it is a bad, it's a bad way to start the season. Just like to have all these same problems continue, and at, like, do on you know, top of it, your, your pitching's actually good. you know how good. bad of a fucking moron he looks like? I, that, that sentence doesn't even make sense, that's how angry I am. How stupid he looks acquiring his guy, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and gets taken to the cleaners by the Twins because they say, hey, we're not giving him to you unless you take Donaldson. And Cashman's like, oh, that's the big move. That's We're getting Donaldson, MVP. Yeah, we'll take, we'll pay his whole salary. We'll take all the money. And now you're, the, the shortstop you want it is bad, both offensively and defensively. You don't have a backup shortstop, so the guy that you called out at the end of last year is now your backup shortstop who plays second base. And newsflash, he's awful. He's not good at baseball anymore because I don't know how we can't continue to develop these players once they hit to the major leagues. So that's awful. And Donaldson, the guy you got taken to the cleaners for, can't hit his way out of a fucking paper bag because, oh, he's pressing because he's a Yankee. Being a Yankee means nothing anymore. I'm sorry. It doesn't. Until they start winning again... And looking and acting like the Yankees. From a standpoint of just like on the field, acting like the Yankees. The organization Go they run, people. their philosophy is like, you know, well we, we don't wanna we don't wanna sweep teams because like, you know, that, that actually doesn't provide us any benefit. We like to play if we could win every series that'd be cool, but like, we don't really need to. We we like to rest guys. Like who the fuck are you? Derek Jeter would kill you. If you tried to take him out of the lineup once a week. Are you kidding me? Derek Jeter would shove a bat up your ass. Yeah, like, you didn't, you never benched Jorge Posada. No! Jorge Posada, Jorge Posada would kill you. He would literally kill you. He'd be like, I'm not sitting. I'm not you know doing it. You know what Scott Brosh played every They played day. every day. They weren't guy. that good. Like, Brosh's wasn't it. They played that every good? day. He was good, though. And you didn't want to sit him because Luis Soho wasn't as good. And this is what I keep talking about online, too, is like, if you're a fan of the New York Yankees, and a fan of baseball, but let's say you don't pay attention to the league, like you just watch the Yankees, you think this is what baseball is now? It's not. Like, baseball is not this way. It's like the Yankees, the Rays, and then maybe like another team or two. But like, every other team that's good, they're just playing their best guys every day, letting them, letting them mash. So it's bullshit. It and I hate bullshit. them. And I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. I hear you. And I want them to be good. It'd be a lot of fun for them to be good. But I don't want them to be good if this is going to be the philosophy that they're using. They need to burn. I would love this philosophy if they were winning World Series. No, I wouldn't. I I don't even... I mean, I guess I would, but... It's not. This is not a philosophy that wins your World Series. Every year since Change the it. 2016 season has been continuing, continually disappointing, and the problems. The 2017. That, yeah, the problems that plagued the 2017 World Series, the 2017 Yankees that almost made the World Series, only got worse since the 2017 season, and all yeah. the players from that season are either are now older, but also like a lot of them aren't here anymore. So like you're riding that same window. And the windows closed. And the you ones you have, kept aren't good. Yeah, you might have watched the window close. So, like, like you got to get to the end of this year and have who, a, this direction. Who do you blame for Glaber Torres? 
Do you blame him? Like, do you blame the player? Like, hey, well, it, like, why like aren't... Said, it is still early. Like, he why, can have a good season still. It's why like aren't games. you good anymore? What happened to you? He might still have a good season, but he's just not the but, same player he was right now as he was... Two years ago now? Yeah. So. Like, we're talking, this is going to be his third season. If he doesn't... That's baseball, Susan. If he doesn't get it together, this is his third season of being a bad baseball player. He's not bad. Oh, he's, he's very bad. You know I'm not a big late. Look, your best player right now is Aaron Hicks. He if had a zero war last year. If that's not a sign of the of what's the problem. Yeah, like your best player is Aaron and Hicks. And your best pitcher is Nunez. Nuno. What's his name? Nuno. <laughs> Nestor. Nestor. I always call him Vidal Nuno. <laughs> doesn't even look like Vidal Nuno. <laughs> they both threw slow. But, like, Nestor doesn't even throw that slow. <laughs> like, that was 94. Yeah, like, Nestor's not consistently, but like, he, he can get up to 94. He can gas it. He doesn't need to. He's like, I got finesse. Nestor's awesome. He, they, play, I was he listening, pitches like I want a disco. My favorite baseball show right now is uh, Baseball Today. It's Chris Rose and Trevor Plouffe. I watch it every day. It's like 30 minute. They go through, like, the topics of the previous day. They're talking about the Giants. They're talking about Carlos Rodon. Rodon. Friendo. And how he, no, Rodon, the pitcher from the White Sox last year, they didn't race on him. They were talking about, he's like, he might be like the best pitcher in baseball right now. And I'm like, well, no. If we're just talking like this year, who's the best pitcher in baseball through two games? It's Nestor Cortez Jr. He probably doesn't have the innings. He only threw nine innings. Don't matter. It's fucking awesome. Dude's just striking out the world. Not Kershaw, Kershaw did with what he did in one outing. It's true. Well, no, he did it. He only had seven innings. Eight. He didn't strike out 12 guys, did he? Didn't he get eight? Was it eight perfect or was it seven perfect? No, seven perfect. If it was eight perfect, they would have let him go. Seven, though. Um, yeah, so everyone in Yankee world is either really upset or absolutely in denial. They should be upset. They should not be in denial. You should be accepting that, like, this may get better. I hope it does. But if it doesn't, things need to change. Big things. But it's just hard to keep saying, like, if it gets better, or they're not going to do this all year when the last three seasons, it never got better, and they did it all year. Well, because every year they have the same, like, plan. The The plan going in is, like, they're going to just perform better this year. Well, what happens if they're worse? (laughs) What happens if they perform worse? Then what? (laughs) What's the plan? Because your plan was, like, they're going to be better. (laughs) It's ten games. They don't look better. They look worse. <laughs> you got worse players in here. Do you remember in twenty? And you it? kept the bad players, like Luke Voigt. Say what you want about Luke Voigt, but Luke Voigt, Voigt wasn't hit really the fuck- a problem. He could hit the fucking ball. <laughs> it really wasn't a problem. He was a problem in that he didn't. Joe Rochella is hitting better than Josh Donaldson right now. Luke Voigt is only a problem because he didn't play the position you preferred DJ LeMahieu to play. Again, the Luke Voigt thing, I think, is a huge example of, like, the failure of building a roster. Like, when you build a roster, sorry, got a text, had to read it, very important. Um, But if you build a roster, and... You have 10 players for 9 positions, but really it's not 10 players for 9 positions. It's like, 
you have five players for three positions. You don't play the best guys every day. You don't have a backup shortstop. Your backup first baseman is also your backup third baseman. Like, your whole team is just crazy. You built a terrible team. Also, Joey Gallo is so bad. So bad. There's just so many problems with this team. And I don't, I don't see it getting better. I really don't. I think it could. Outside of, like, Judge turning it on and, like, well, being the MVP he should be. You have three guys that you know. You have four guys. But right? as of right now, he's struggling. You have four guys on this team that you know could, at any moment, be MVP caliber players. Who's four? Rizzo, Donaldson, mm. Mm. Judge, and Giancarlo Stan. Judge and Stan, I'll give you. And then you have three other guys who could legitimately be that level two, but they haven't yet, but they've been close. Like, DJ LeMahieu might be an MVP caliber player if he has his best year. Sure. Same thing with... But I think we already got his best years. Maybe. But same thing with... Uh, Labor Tour, same thing. We already got Labor. his best years. Like is, I don't, we don't know that. Got him. I trade him. I would trade Glibertores. I think I think it makes you a better team not having to finagle this many players. I mean, realistically, I would love to trade Donaldson, but like, who's going to want Donaldson? And I'd rather keep Glaber, let him play second every day, but trading away Glaber and allowing DJ to just play second base every day, deal with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as your shortstop until Peraza or Volpe is ready, is fine. I don't know. I'm just frustrated. Really am. We're going to get swept by the Tigers starting tomorrow. Have you thought about how cool it's going to be when Tua Tungvaloa has a breakout year this year? Dude, can we talk about him for a second? Does he have the biggest legs? Does he have... Did you see his interview with... Yeah, I watched it. But his legs are ridiculous. He's a big kid. His calves and... Like... He's like a small guy, but he's big. He's small, but he's huge. Like, I think he'd... You know, like, the people who crush watermelons in their thighs? Two could crush two. Too bad his hip was made out of chalk. That's true. I forgot about that. That matters. Still. <laughs> Can't wait for him to win MVP. The fact that Judge is going to ruin that bet and not Tua. Oh, who saw that coming? Not me. Unbelievable. I thought the Judge part was a lock. He's definitely going to be in bulk the contract. It's a rough start for it's him. It's in his head right now. That's bad, because you're not going to make the money you want to make if you allow it to be in your head. In what way? It's not good for us. We're getting a badder, a worse version of the player. And we want everyone fired. But we want to keep But then I don't want to give then don't even keep Judge. Just rebuild. What? I think you still want Judge to be a lifetime Yankee. What's Judge going to have a bad year and hit 260 so we want him gone? Are you crazy? No, no, I don't want him gone. I'm just saying. I want him for $22 million a year. That's great. For next eight years. Lock them sure, up. Sure, but... And then your captain, Judge, you have nothing to play for other than your pride. Go out there and be Yankee. He, like, the fact that Judge is going to just be like Don Mattingly is so ridiculous. He won't be Don Mattingly. It's ten fucking games, you fucking psycho. It's like every year, half of baseball fans Again, don't remember what it's baseball It's not is. ten games. It is, though. Do you and know? Do you remember Frank, what baseball is? It. The Yankees don't play it. Oh, my God. They don't play baseball. I get it, Frank, but you're not talking about that. You're talking about the what Aaron Judge is capable of doing this year. You're like, he's fucking done. No, what? So oh, you I... just essentially said. 
No, you're putting words in my mouth. 20 seconds ago. You're putting words in my mouth. Which is an insane thing to say. You're putting words in my mouth. Check the tape. Don't be like that. That's what you said. I didn't say it. No, it is not. What did you say about Aaron Judge? That's not what I said. I said I need him to perform. Yeah, he's going to perform. He might perform bad, but he's going to perform. He's going to be out there. You said he was going to be Don Mattingly, who retired from a catastrophic back injury. I was referring to him as Don Mattingly in the sense of you're going to play for the Yankees your whole life and never get a fucking World Series. Frank, there's, he's, he's 30. He's got eight more he's years 30. at least. Okay, he's got eight more years. Don Mattingly retired at 32. The Yankees... First of all, I don't think you're right. Second of all, the Yankees need to show me that they're going to get on the right track and Don how they're going to operate. Don retired very young. Thirty-four. All right, there you go. Not that young. You're saying Judge is going to retire in three years? No. You said he's going to be Don. Mattingly. I'm not talking about his fucking age, you moron. I'm just talking about the fact that the Yankees didn't win shit with Don Mattingly while he was an amazing baseball player. And then what happened? The Yankees haven't won shit. The Yankees have not won shit with Aaron Judge, who's a top five player in the fucking game. They haven't done anything with him. They haven't utilized him. The team has been shit. Cashman has built a shit roster. Hal Steinbrenner's a fucking joke. Our manager's a clown who doesn't know how to manage anything and sits our best players every fucking day. That's what I'm talking about. I think you, as always, are way too negative. Constantly way too negative. I, you can be negative. I'm agreeing with you on a lot of your negativity. But everything you just said is hyperbole. It's and not hyperbole doesn't help. Literally not hyperbole. Alright. Well that's why that's why people don't respect your Yankee opinion and the, the I don't give a fuck who respects my Yankee opinion. No, no, no. no the, one listens harsh. to my Yankee that's opinion. Harsh. People respect not yours personally, but I think that there's a section of the fan base that gets written off as being over the top because I think that's over the top. And when people write you off as over the top, it's because you're like, nothing is ever good ever. And that's not It's true. not that nothing is ever good ever. It's just we you said ma- Adam we need, we need can't results. Imagine a- manage anything. I said he can't manage the bullpen. Only one team wins the World Series every year. I said he can't manage a bullpen. You said he can't Again, manage stop anything. fucking putting words in my mouth. Cause now I'm starting to get pissed off about you it. You literally said I he said can't he's a clown anything. who can't manage a bullpen. You said anything. We can rewind the tape on that. All right, I'm done here. Cause now now you're just getting me angry, and I don't need to be here really for that. What are you really mad about? What is it really that you're mad about? I'm mad about the way the Yankees act. They act as if they are the best, smartest team in the world. They're fucking not. They are a joke when it comes to managed uh, baseball decisions. It's fucking ridiculous. It is a joke. Their philosophy is terrible. Brian Cashman is an arrogant fuckface, and if you disagree with that, fine, you can have your opinions. But Brian Cashman has done nothing as a general manager outside of one World Series. Sure, he's made the playoffs a bunch. Great. That's that is a huge thing for other franchises would kill to be able to go to the playoffs every year. But you know what? I'm a child of the '90s. You're a child of the '90s. George Steinbrenner made it possible for us to believe you're supposed to win a World Series every year if you play in New York. I miss the misses. New York New York sports are a joke, and the Yankees used to be the sport, the team that wasn't the joke. Guess what? They're the joke. They're not the joke. They're part of the joke. They're, they're part comical. of the joke. They're comical. But I don't think they're like... See, if like, you told me right now who's going to win a World Series first, the Mets or the Yankees, I'd fully buy in that the Mets will win a World Series first. I would never say that. 
they've been to a World Series more recently than we have. Sure. And they, I and think. And then they, what happened? Who cares? What did we do? <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. And I don't, again, I don't 100% disagree with you, and I think that you're justified in a lot of how you feel. But are the Yankees still, every year, a contending franchise? Yes. It depends. So it depends on how they you... They look at that. It depends on how you what, define this is, listen, contending. This is, because you're an angry person, let me try and give the other side of things. Brian Cashman looks at everything you just said, and he's like, okay, I'm the arrogant fuckface, but I am the one with the World Series ring, and I'm in charge of this franchise... And his mentality, the mentality of this whole organization now, is that it's okay if we don't win it all every year. So that's a huge difference in everything. The competitive nature that the Yankees once fostered that built that dynasty is something entirely different. now. I don't think it's a good thing either. But... In the scope of how they look at the game of baseball and how they are trying to win a World Series and how they are building this franchise for long-term success, I think a lot of the things that Brian Cashman and this organization have done have been good like what? in a lot of ways. I think that they've built a nice farm system, top to bottom. I think that it produces a lot of middle-level and depth pieces constantly. Okay. I think they do a really good job of identifying other franchises' overlooked talent, bringing them in. And giving them a second life. I think they do a really good job bargain hunting. I think they can get... Because that's really... where the Yankees should be good at. But no, bargain hunting. I agree with you. That's not what... We should strive to be the best bargain bin shoppers no. in the league. <laughs> You're right. That's the New York Yankees. But see, this is where we're not arguing at each other. You're angry. I'm just telling you, you're... You're not going to win this argument against Brian Cashman... Which is what we need to happen. Like if what if we agree on what needs to happen is eventually the Yankees have to recognize that they're wrong and we're Here's right. the argument. But the only way we're going to be able to win that argument is if we're fair to them a little. No, you have to be a little fair. No, no. Here's the thing, though. Th- that's not the argument. We have to really identify what the argument is. And here's the argument. The argument is they believe the playoffs are a crapshoot. It doesn't matter how good you are. You just got to get in, and then anyone can win it. Which is insanity, but sure, let's the play that game. just won it last year. They so, weren't that good. So, they, were ama- they were a great <laughs> baseball team. Not in the regular season. So, they, so the Yankees' new philosophy is the regular season doesn't matter. Sure, we need to get wins to get into the playoffs, but it does not matter if we're the last wild card team, the division winner, best record in baseball. There's no point. So why strive to be the best record in baseball? Why try to be that team? Why, would, why try to be the 98 Yankees? Who needs to win 114 games? There's no point. You just got to get in. And then, then anything is possible. That philosophy is bad. And I it agree. results in a team not being good enough to win a World Series, which we've seen. Do you think it's bad mostly because of the... I think it's bad because it, the idea that Athletes can just flip a switch when the playoffs come, which has been like the, what we've been. Everything's always been. Well, you flip a switch once. Play. No, it doesn't well, work that way. You got to have a culture of winning. Well, that's what I was gonna say. A lot of it is the mentality, right? Like yes. You have to be able to. Go, it's not a, the reason why baseball is more challenging than the other sports in its way is because it is such a long season. And 
You have to go out there with the mentality every day, like, we are going to win this game. And you want to win. You want to play, you yes. want to win. And I believe everyone on that field wants to win every day, but I don't think they care when they lose. And I don't think that's necessarily their fault. I think that starts at the top. I think they've been conditioned. I think there's a culture from the top that it's like, hey, losses are okay. You know why? Because we pitched the guys we wanted to pitch today, so we could rest the other bullpen guys. We got in. We brought we brought JP Sears in today because no we hurt. knew we were going to do that before the game, so we could send him down. We got this guy in. We got you a rest day before an off day, even though you were start you were slumping and then you were starting to hit, and then we sat in. Now you're slumping Listen, again. That's what franchise mode in the show bad. is about. Bad. It's bad baseball. Cashman's just playing franchise mode in the show. It's bad baseball. With the actual Yankees. And just turns out it's hard, man. It's hard to win. So we're not gonna try to it's, win. It's it's really it's really hard to win when you're not trying to win. <laughs> and that's not and that's not fair, right? Like I'll admit, like that's the hyperbole. Of course the Yanks are trying to win. Brian Cashman is trying to win. There's no way you can convince he's me. He's not trying but, the right way. But he's doing it in such an asshole way because he's arrogant he's like i don't need to i don't need carlos correa i don't need bryce harper i don't need manny machado you know what i need isaiah kind of falef and josh fucking donaldson it's a joke he really likes falafels i've been ranting for 25 minutes i don't want to talk about the eggs anymore i right, want well, to do this that's why we did it that's good just get it off your chest Stupid. but like a lot of yankee content creators feel the way you feel so like i don't We're think you're gonna... wrong i agree with you i just think in 10 games, we can't lose sight that, at least on the player-specific things, like, we'll kill... Like, I kill Hicks and Torres all the time, but, like, in the next 10 games, everything will be 100% different. So, just got to kind of let that... It won't be. On the individual player bases, of course, some players... Sure. Will, yes. Judge is going to... I full... I... Listen. I feel like I know Judge. Like, I know... I feel like we're friends. I feel like I know when he's... When he's right, when he's not right. He's a little off. He's, he's a little off. It. He's so close, though. There are pitches on that outer half that he's just missing that, like, the second he just starts hitting those, it's over. He's he's going to go on a tear. Isn't it crazy how Higashioka could be so hot in spring and then, like, If you didn't see this coming, if you didn't see this coming, you don't know baseball. Remember when Greg Bird did this in, like, 20, what was it, 2018 spring? This is going to be the year. It's like, <laughs> yo, this dude went off in spring training, and then he's just, like, awful. I can't play. There's only one dude who ever is, like, mashed in spring training and, like, carries it to the that season. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is so good at mashing in spring and then just taking that into the season. He's off to a great start after his hot spring. Ah, he would have been the perfect Yankee. I still go back to, like, that Max Kellerman video. It's like, it just makes so much sense. It's like, it does. It still does. They didn't do it. I'm still not convinced the Phillies aren't going to try to trade him in a year. So, my hope is still out. Dude, if the Phillies continue to be this bad somehow with Come like on. all the... They're going to bail. They're going to get it. Stop pumping out the money. Let's rebuild it all. Send Bryce Harper to the Yankees. Let's go. <laughs> I don't, I'll take... Right. Dude, he could be 38. I'll take, 30s, I'll take a 38-year-old Bryce Harper. Yeah. I don't care. I, of course. All right.
much gimme, it'll be a burn. Anything more than just a gimme, it's gonna be a pig. Anything more than like, okay, now I need an actual distance shot. That's what the Yan and the Paradox come in. Then it's just sixes and sevens, and we're at then we're in drivers, you know, mid-range drivers, the leopard and uh, the foo. I think it's interesting the 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 path you're taking. Like instead of going from like no discs to getting better and then figuring out what discs you want, I like that you went get all the discs I think I'm ever gonna need now. Yeah. And then just figure well, it out I as I, I go. The discs. Drop certain discs out. Because now you have a surplus so you can drop some in, take some out. Some discs immediately you know you don't like. Because like, I think as you progress and get better, like I think you're going to... like I mean, you have a ton of discs. I think you're, you're going to just like have a ton that you're like, oh, you know what? I don't even like this one anymore because yeah, I don't like need grow it. Out, like, I'm going to yeah. grow out of some. Well, the reason why I've decided... Not even decided. The reason why it kind of happened this way is because when we first started, when I was telling... When we first bought the discs in the disc store... At Dick's. Dick's Disc Store. Uh, I said, there's no way these discs make a difference. Like, you just play with one and you'll be fine. And theoretically, you could. But what I like about it is when I hold one of these and I'm like, I'm going to throw it. It's not until I throw it a few times that I even know if I really like it or if I just kind of... We should play a game. should take one disc that you know... You really like, and you'd be willing to play an entire round with it. And play around with it. Hold on. I'll do the same. So we both have our discs that we're going to play for every shot. We'll also play a secondary score where you can use any disc. And just see the difference in like in the score, in the score of a whole bag versus see, one disc. Like when I go out today and I play with my bag of every disc. So a lot of the times I'm taking shots with discs because I just like the disc. Like, I know yeah, I'm going to throw it well, and I like the discs. That's most of my shots. So a lot of the bag, I'm not even touching. But then I'm in positions where I know, okay, this is a good chance for me to try this a game. shot with yeah. this. Or I get a chance to maybe use this disc the way it's supposed to be used. And it's only in doing that that I'm like, you only get like three or four shots. Like especially like I have that free tail in there. Like discs that I really want to start learning... Unless I'm going to a field and just throwing them over and over and over again while I'm out on the course is the best way to... Yeah, like, you have, you have a crazy amount of discs. Yeah, dude. I have, like, I have a very nice variety of discs, too, like... I don't know. I could see, though... Ooh, this one's cool. What's this one? That's the... Uh, oh, this is the Enigma. That thing's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I could just see a world where, like... Today. You should I have seen can, throw I have with that one. I could see cheap. a world where you get good enough where, like, you only use, like, six... You might still carry this many, just like what you're saying. That's what I was going to say. Like, if you get good enough for you, you're not going to find yourself in those positions. Well, here's what, I, what I'm already kind of finding is like, alright, I have discs that I like, but I want more of that disc. Like, I have... But what I'm doing instead is, I'm getting similar discs. So you just pulled out that Rockstar, it's because I like the Diamond a lot. And I wanted a heavier version of the Diamond. Well, similar disc is the Foo, which I already had. And then something that's kind of in between the Foo and the Rockstar. I mean, the Foo and the Diamond would be the Rockstar. And it kind of bridges that gap. So then instead of like getting multiple discs to kind of... Of the same similar discs that are different. And then I could decide which ones I like. But I mean, it's really... 
the experimentation of it that's so fun. It's be, yeah. Like if it's not, it's part of the. I think it's yeah. part of the. Listen, I mean, I feel like I keep doing this with this sport, but when you're just a copycat of another sport, like same thing in golf. Like I want to try all the irons. I want to try all the different wedges. Like yeah, like when a company comes out with a new I used thing, to work, they say it's I used to do work. Something special. I used to work in a golf shop. I had access to all the equipment at all times. Every time something new came out, hey, I was the first one to get my hands on it. I immediately would take it out and be like, all right, this is the new Titleist wedge. They think they said that they're moving their center of gravity forward out in front of the club. It's crazy innovative. No one else has ever done that. Let's see if I can feel the difference. Okay, all right, I like that turf interaction. I still like this wedge better. You know, it's just, listen, it's part of it's part of the game. Yeah, so like I, I got the Wraith, a sword, and this ping today. When I was out on the course, I was throwing the sword a lot, and I was throwing it against that. Enigma, because I was gonna get a second Enigma, then have another Enigma, so that's why I got the other twelve. And while I was throwing them both, you know, I really liked the sword. I really liked the Enigma. The sword was going so straight, but I had this one throw with an Enigma from a blind. Like I had to get to the dog leg and make it come around. And when I tell you, I parked it like ten feet from the hole, from around the corner with that Enigma on a nice low, and then faded around. Oh my god, it felt so nice. My still, I still have an issue with, in disc golf, I, I think it's cool that the discs have names and artwork. I think that's very cool. My problem is, I don't want, like, anyone can have an enigma. Anyone can have a judge. I want my discs to be, have their own names, you know? Well, I see what you're saying. But, like, as you use your discs, they develop their own kind of character that's different from someone else's disc and you have that's kind of another reason why i think i'm getting so many is because they're all going to throw different just based on what they're supposed to do and how they're designed but they're also going to throw different how they're being thrown by each individual yeah i mean you might have two discs that have the exact same flight numbers that you like treat very differently you're like well no this one when i throw i know goes this way yeah this one i know goes this way even though it's the exact same and that's kind of fun too. Like it's yeah. cool to see how each disc does Dude, its own thing. Henrik, over... Henrik Stenson to this day still plays his Callaway Warbird three wood. I mean that thing is so outdated. That's technology from f- f- probably longer than fifteen years ago at this point. Well, guess what? He knows. He, he knows. And he knows what that ball is gonna do. But that's kind of what I'm learning about this game. Is probably why I shot such a low score today compared to my other scores so far. Is because. Instead of now, what I was doing was just like heaving the disc as far as I can and then just go to the disc and do the next one. I'm having a little bit better time controlling the disc and having it go more to where I want it. And by doing that, you're able to play golf like golf. You know, like I'm now putting shots like where you want it up to be. in the middle of the fairway. That's nice. All right, from there, can I get it close to the pin? Okay. Instead of it like, hope yeah. this goes straight. Yeah. And not I mean, in the woods. That's when golf is fun. Like, I played golf last week, and on the back nine, I was just... I had a, like, rough front nine, but my swing felt great. I knew it was going to... It was going to come around. Like, I knew my game was going to come around. Back nine, all of a sudden, I'm hit, I hit seven out of nine greens on the back, and I'm just like... This is great. Yeah, like, you just get into this mode where, like, I know where I'm going to put this ball. Like, I'm going to look at a spot way out there and go, all right, I'm going to hit this shot, boom. And it's going to be there. It's going to be there. 
And then you get it up to that shot on you. All right, now I'm going to attack it from this side. And Boom. It sounds like such a simple thing. But it's, it's not. It's fucking hard. the most hard. rewarding aspect and of these hard. games. Like if, it's if really it hard. Weren't, if it didn't feel so good to be able to do it. You know how I know I like disc golf, and I think it's way harder than you think it should be? You should be like, this is just... It's easier than regular golf. Yeah. In the sense of, like, You're not anyone can pick it up and throw a disc and be fine. Yeah. But it's hard enough... Where I want to fucking rip a disc in half. <laughs> and that's exciting. I like that. You like that it's frustrating you? Because golf, if you probably have never, I don't know if you'll notice it, but like when I first got into golf, ball golf, I was a very angry golfer. I expected it. I expected a lot. And if I didn't get good results, I was mad. I would throw clubs. And like, you don't want to play with that guy. That guy sucks. And as I got better, my expectations lowered, which is what should happen, actually. Like, as you get better, you should actually have less expectation. And then you just start to have fun with the game. So when I'm on the course now, I might get angry. I might, like, I might, like, curse out a shot. I might drop a club on a bad swing, but not in, like, anger. I, I, will, I don't throw clubs. I don't smash clubs. I don't, like, hit my back. Because it's, I just have a different relationship with the game now. And I think in disc golf, uh, it's still early. I still am expecting to be like great at it with no effort or practice or anything. And so I'm getting frustrated, and I want to break discs, but they're plastic and they're bendy, so I can't even break them, which is the worst part. The satisfaction of breaking a golf club helps you. I can't break a disc. There was one hole today where I took four tee shots because the first two literally, I forget what hole it was, but there's a tree literally ten feet in front of you to the right. That you shouldn't be in play. And a tree 10 feet, like maybe 15 feet to the like, left that's really not in play. You hit both of them? Hit both. One bonk immediately on the right tree. So, like, all right, I'll correct that. Bonk left tree. Like, oh, we're doing both again. Well, that's that's <laughs> where disc golf, I think, is a little bit more frustrating. Is like, golf's never played in the fucking woods. Like, yeah. you might hit a ball into the woods, but, like, golf courses... You're not supposed to be are in not the supposed woods. Disc golf is like, no, you're just in the woods. You know what are in woods? Trees. <laughs> They're everywhere. But what's cool about the disc When you is, hit a tree on every throw on a hole. I don't know what it is about the physics of the disc, but when you do it right, they don't hit the trees. Obviously. Do you know what I mean, though? They find their way around the trees. Kind of. Kind of. But even when they do, if you throw the disc properly, as long as you're not hitting the tree... Smack dab in the middle from, like, five feet in front of it. It'll keep going. It'll kind of, like, the spin will keep, and it'll keep its flight. It won't go as far. It won't do what you wanted. But most of the time when you hit a tree, it just goes flop. I don't know, man. Disc golf is weird. Also, we talk about it now on every podcast. So we're, we're just kind of a disc, disc golf good disc podcast. podcast. Like, sure, I'm going to bury this at the end. But. <laughs> do, 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 no, this can't be part. They can't roll into it. I want After Square Sports to be before Disc Golf Talk. That's a good idea, actually. 